Our gospel lesson today is Matthew 28, 16 through 20, which is found on page 1,550 in your pew Bible. If you are able, will you please rise? It's always good to have scripture repeated, isn't it? (laughs) The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. What a way to begin a sermon that focuses on this new community, this community of faith, to hear a less than three-year-old saying, church, church. And mother asking, do you want to go to church? I, I just wanted to share that video with you. When Deshani shared it with me, I, uh, I knew that I would use it at a special time. Let us pray. We give you thanks, O Lord, for this day. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart bless you. O Lord, truly you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Now you need to know that Jonathan and I have this agreement. As a matter of fact, all children who are under the age of uh, 11, (laughs) and I have this agreement, they can help me preach. They can speak while I'm preaching. They may even cry while I'm preaching. I just don't want to get that kind of a response from adults. (laughs) So please know, Mother, that the crying does not bother Pastor Michelle, nor does it bother the people in this congregation, because as I look at the people in this congregation, I know that the majority of them have been parents at one time, and they remember. They remember. Speaking of remembering, can you... Tell me the name of the individual who introduced you to Jesus Christ. Do, do you recall the name? Just, just raise your hands. Yeah, okay. Ooh, this is great. Oh, yeah, we're going to do this. Just give us the name. First name only. I'll turn off my mic so we'll get... So, here's the question. Don't raise your hands. Have you introduced anyone to Jesus Christ lately? You don't have to raise your hands. And so what was the person's response? And, and then the next question is, 
if you have not introduced Jesus Christ to anyone lately, what are some of the barriers that um, are preventing you from doing so? So on your bulletin, just write down the barrier or the barriers, okay? Write down the barrier or the barriers. And, and I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to provide me with that information. You don't have to sign your name. Don't, don't sign your name. Just write down um, a barrier or barriers. Here's the second Here's the last question I'll ask. Um, during your conversation with your friends, your neighbors, uh, your students, your classmates, um, and I know if you're teaching in a public institution, it, it, it can be uh, tricky at times to talk about your faith, although I do understand that if you don't initiate the conversation, you can respond to the students' questions. How often do you talk to others about your relationship with Jesus Christ? For a few moments on today, we're going to focus on um, this community of faith, the body of Jesus Christ, more specifically, Evangel Heights United Methodist Church, and the Great Commission, the command, the instructions that Jesus Christ, our friend, our King, our Lord, has given to us, to the church. In Christ, we have become a new creation. We've stated that over and over again. And it is the, the responsibility of the church of Jesus Christ his body, to become engaged with the world so that the presence of Jesus Christ can be seen by the world. We, we, we are the signposts for the kingdom of God. We, we are called to manifest the kingdom of God, God's love, God's concern, not only for one another within this community of faith, but God's concern for God's world. If we were to summarize what our position is to be as the church of Jesus Christ, we could say it easily, love God, love neighbor. And when we talk about neighbor, we're not talking necessarily about the person who just lives next door to us. We're talking about those individuals who live within a one-mile, two-mile radius of this congregation. We're talking about those neighbors who we come in contact with at work, at school, at play. We're talking about neighbors, not only in South Bend, in Indiana, in these United States, but also neighbors in the world. Reformed theologian Schleimacher said, as the body of Christ, the church is related to Christ as the outward to the inward, so that in its essential activities, it must also be a reflection of the activities of Christ. And since the effects produced by it are simply the gradual realization a redemption in the world, the activities must likewise be a continuation of the activities of Christ himself. Evangel Heist, that's what we're called to be about, carrying out the same activities that Jesus Christ carried out. Professor and 
Presbyterian minister, David Ng, stated before, and I gave you part of his quote several Sundays ago, he was concerned that the church had become distracted from its essential identity as the body of Jesus Christ and its central task of proclaiming Christ. And so in his book, Youth in the Community of Disciples, he stated, the purpose of the church is not to be a place of entertainment where persons and especially young people come to be spectators while worship leaders and Bible teachers put on a show using whatever gimmicks and novelties they can pull out of their bags of tricks so that everyone has fun. The church is not some theological theme park where frantic leaders, fearful of ever boring or frustrating their customers, employ an ever array of techniques. He wrote also that the purpose of the church is not maintenance, to be a safe place, a refuge for its members until Christ comes again. This vision of the church as perpetual purgatory requires nothing of its members except that they wait and not stir things up lest they become more anxiety-ridden than they already are. The key purpose of this kind of church is to keep the status quo. Abhorrent of disruption, change, or even growth, the church focuses on itself by keeping its members comfortable without challenges, keeping its members in this continuous holding pattern. The church simply tries to survive. Professor Ng wrote that the purpose of the church is not fellowship, where the entire energy of the congregation is focused on its social relationships so that each person feels as if he or she belongs. He argues that fellowship is an important dimension of the church, but it is not the church's purpose or central purpose. Fellowship-focused churches act as little more than social organizations that exist for their own members rather than for the worship of God as the body of Christ, with a tendency to be insular and more often than not exclusive, the congregation whose primary purpose of fellowship tends toward a more therapeutic focus. The emphasis is one's comfort within the larger group rather than whether one is living one's life faithfully. Finally, Dr. Ng wrote that the purpose of the church is not protection, where the community, terrified of the world beyond its walls, invests all of its energies in constructing a safe place where its members can dutifully worship, study, and enact their sacred rituals. These congregations ultimately forbid any interaction with outsiders until the strangers have been duly tested and assimilated. For Dr. Ng, the real purpose of the church is clear, to be the community of disciples of Jesus Christ that proclaim Christ. We do not proclaim entertainment, he says, of fun or fellowship or maintenance or protection, end of quote. The Church of Jesus Christ, Evangel Heights United Methodist Church in particular, we're called to proclaim Jesus Christ and Christ crucified. 
I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. And not the Jesus Christ that someone formulates in their own minds. No, the Jesus Christ that has been revealed through the scriptures. The Jesus Christ who continues to invite us into a relationship with him, an intimate, viable, living relationship with him. This is what I've discovered, beloved. If I accepted Jesus Christ as a young adult, my relationship with Jesus Christ should have changed over the last 40-plus years. Viable, living, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. It is the relationship with Jesus Christ, the head of the church, that sustains us. Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ that helps us to maintain our focus, which is to proclaim Jesus Christ. In the gospel lesson today, we hear this king of kings who has all authority over heaven and earth, having a private conversation with his disciples of old and also with his disciples of the 21st century. What did you hear as the gospel lesson was read? I so appreciated the responses of our children today. Jesus Christ has all authority over heaven and earth. Jesus Christ will be with us always. And I would suggest to you that these two bookends are important for us as we go forward to proclaim Jesus Christ. These two bookends are important for us as we go forth to share with others our faith stories, our relationship with Jesus Christ. There are some people even now, maybe not in this sanctuary, but some maybe who are listening to us via live stream. You're just getting nervous right now thinking about, oh my, what am I to do? Where am I to go? Who am I to talk to? And what I have found, dear ones, is that Jesus Christ, the one who, is, who has all authority over heaven and earth, and the one who will be with us always, is one who does not send us out on our own to figure things out on our own. No, Jesus Christ is very clear that we are to engage with people who not only have the same zip codes that we have, but especially those who do not. So if I were to ask you this question, when was the last time you had a chance to talk to someone about Jesus Christ, and your response was, well, pastor, all of my friends are Christians, I would just suggest to you, you need to expand your circle. You need to go where there are people who may not be Christians. You may decide, you may need to go to places where non-Christians go. Not only restaurants, but where do they go? I would encourage you to do the following. I would encourage you to pay attention to the people who come into your life this week, new people. It may be that you will attend a particular book study or you may participate in a Bible study, or you may decide to have coffee with a friend, pay attention to those who come into your life. Could it be a cashier? Could it be a customer service rep? Could it be someone who's part of your study and, and they just reach out to you for the first time? Someone who's been invited by someone else to be a part of a study. Pay attention. And then I would ask you to do this. I would ask you to pray. 
and ask the Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me to those places where you want me to go so that the light that Jesus Christ has given to me, it can shine. And bless me with the opportunity. Bless me with the opportunity to engage with someone else. As one commentator stated, the church of Jesus Christ does not exist for us believers only. We exist for one reason, and that is to proclaim Jesus Christ. I want to share a personal story with you as I uh, prepare to bring uh, closure to our time regarding the sermon. The first thing I want to say to you is that I'm not surprised if someone were to say to me, Pastor, one of the barriers is that I'm scared. I've never done this before. I don't want to be like that group of people who show up on doorsteps on a Saturday morning. I don't know what to say. I would not know what to do. Pastor, I'm scared. Who am I? I'm just, I'm just an ordinary person. Jesus Christ promised us in the gospel lesson today that he would always be with us. And through his Holy Spirit, he is always with us. And not only is he with us, but through the Holy Spirit, he empowers us to speak, to go, to be present. And the reality is that the first time that one may have an encounter with someone, you, you may not mention Jesus' name. It's about establishing relationships, walking with people, so that when the opportunity presents itself for you to share with them how you're able to deal with life, and you're able to deal with it because Jesus Christ has all authority over heaven and earth, and Jesus Christ is with us, you'll be able to share that with them. I want to share a personal story with you, and I'm embarrassed, but I have found uh, liturgist, uh, lay leader, Jill, as you talked about, uh, prayers and confession. Confession is good. Because, see, what I've learned, what I'm learning is that if I confess my sins, then the enemy will have nothing to hold over me, to cause me to feel shame, to feel guilty. So I will confess my sins. So here's the confession. Um, I found myself in a setting recently, and um, it was with a group of people who I normally don't hang out with. <laughs> All good people. And afterwards, I received a phone call. And the, and the person just said, you know, I would like to get to know you better. And my immediate thought was, and I'll just have to confess to you, my immediate thought was, I just don't have the time or the energy to talk to this person. Because, see, I had already figured out what it was going to entail. I, I, can I be honest with you for a minute? I try to be honest at all times. As an African-American, 
I just don't have the energy. I'm going to confess. This is a confession. I know that there are some well-meaning white people who just want to talk to me so they can say, I know a black person. I'm going to be honest. They can say, well, yeah, I, I know an African-American, and then I become the poster child for all African-Americans. And I thought, I, I, I just don't have the energy for that. Notice how I had already thought about why this person had reached out to me, right? Did you notice that? Did you notice my response? Did you notice that I had not prayed first? So I received a call, and I ignored the call. And then, as I'm preparing for this sermon, I was reminded, Michelle, I will bring people into your life. Don't ignore them. I had misplaced the number. I had. I had misplaced the number. So I had to confess that, Lord, forgive me for not reaching out to someone who I know you brought into my life. After the fact, that's what I realized. Please forgive me. Please help me. I found a number. I do not know who Jesus Christ will bring into your life this week. I hope you will learn from your pastor who's still growing as a disciple of Jesus Christ. I have not arrived yet. In all sincerity, this journey that we're on called discipleship is a lifelong journey of growth. And there are people today who need to know about this Jesus Christ who has all authority over heaven and earth, who promises to be with his disciples, his followers, his friends always. There are people who need to know that Young, especially young adults, middle-aged adults, and senior adults, they need to know that there is someone whose name is Jesus Christ who will stay with them forever, no matter what. And so here's the question for us today. Will we be obedient to the command that has been placed on our lives as followers of Jesus Christ to go 
and to tell others. And mind you, mind you, in this Matthew 28, 16 through 20 verse, when he says, go to all the nations, he's, he's talking about the Gentiles to his followers who back in Matthew chapter 10, verse 5, he told them to just go to the house of Israel, right? That exclusive group. But then in Matthew 28, he says, go to everybody. Which then says to us, 21st century followers, everyone is to be included in hearing the good news about a loving God who sent a living Savior to die for a lost world, and that living Savior is Jesus Christ. And, and as my testimony, as my confession has proven, it can be the person we never really thought about talking to. They're not going to carry a sign that says, okay, tell me about Jesus. No, they won't. But what I would suggest to you is that if you are listening to the Holy Spirit, and I was not, the Holy Spirit will help you to see them and then to respond to them as Jesus Christ would have you to. Loving Lord, we give you thanks for reminding us that you have called us to go and make disciples, to teach them what you've taught us, to teach them what you have taught us. After we've invited them to be baptized in the name of the triune God, and so keep our eyes open, keep our ears open, so that we can go forth and continue the work that you have begun here on earth. Amen.